Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. We have a great guest today, Tyler Marchant. You might have heard him on this show before. He's a past guest. We had a short-lived podcast together for a while. Uh, Tyler is uh, one of my good podcasting buddies. I've been on his show, uh, Cynical Cartoons. He's been on this show a couple of times. Tyler is a great guy because this episode we recorded twice because the first time we recorded it, we had some uh, technical issues, so we just redid the entire thing. Tyler, big thanks to that. So make sure you go online, check out Tyler's stuff. He's got a website, futurehorsepod.com. There you can find the Adam Sandcast. It is a podcast where they, he and a guest discuss every Adam Sandler movie ever made. I believe the last one will be The Hateful Eight, which we'll kind of talk about in here. And on a more weekly basis, he has a great podcast. I listen to it. I've been on it. Uh, I listened to it before I was on it called Cynical Cartoons. Uh, Tyler and a guest... Talk about something weird, important, terrible, or entirely unnecessary. I mean, th- he does episodes about RoboCop, <laughs> uh, Street Sharks, the one I'm on, Rubik's Amazing Cube. Uh, animation's such a... I-, I love animation, but there's just a lot of terrible animation. And Tyler's someone who likes a lot of really bad stuff, which we talk about. I mean, this is someone who watched Gem and the Hologram maybe more than once. I don't remember. Um, I-, I-, I, just- I just... I had so much fun with this episode. I've learned... So much from Tyler. Um, on a professional level, he's in film school. He also does freelance podcast editing. Hit him up on Twitter at futurehorsepod. Email futurehorsepod at gmail.com if you need some work done. Uh, there's a Patreon page for his stuff. So his website, futurehorsepod.com. I'm just going to hammer that away. Um, just what a great episode. I think you're going to get a kick out of it. Spoiler alert, we do talk about Season 2 of The Flash. If you do not know who Zoom is by now, uh, do not listen to that part, but we'll give you a little synopsis before it comes up. Um, anyhow, I God, I was recently a guest on the X-Epic Dudes X podcast. I think episode 58 or 59. Big shout out to Brian and Ronnie for having me on. I was on the Undaunted Podcast. That was also fun. And I was also on the Broken Brain Podcast again. So I know it's it's great. I, it's been a lot of fun. As always, I'm on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. There's a Facebook page you can like and email Let's Chat Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, uh, I don't have any advertising and probably never will. I don't ever want to make money off this thing, really, but it would mean the world to me if you can leave a five star. Um, review on the old iTunes or Stitcher. That stuff is actually like the the lifeline of podcasting. It would just mean the world to me if you could leave a good review. Uh, that's all I ask for you. Anyway, big thanks for Tyler for coming on. Please check out his shows. I, I just had such a fun time recording this, and uh, he'll definitely come back on, and let's get to it. The hard, the hard, you never thought that hip-hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to broad G, Brucey B, Kid to Bree. Funk, Master Flex, Love, Bump, Star, Ski. This is the third, second, third time I've been on the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone listening, we did this once and we had some tech issues, so we're doing it yeah. again. Thankfully, I don't remember anything we said last time, so I exactly. don't think I can repeat myself. Yeah, now, we can replicate the exact same conversation. It'll be great. Yeah, like, like do you, I get called out on that at work or in life. But like, we've already talked about this. It's like, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> right. 
which I think I just did to you before we first started. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not I'm not interesting enough. Like I I mean I can sit there and make fun of cartoons all day, but whenever I tell a story from my personal life, I'm like, I've probably told this story on the podcast seven times because I don't have yeah. any new stories ever. <laughs> Nothing's happened since two weeks ago that was right. interested. Um, yeah, but yeah. So let's start with uh, how many podcasts do you have now? Is the Sandcast done? Yeah, well, uh, kind of. I mean, <laughs> it's, people can still download it, so maybe you should tell people yeah. your your background in podcasting. Definitely. Um, I've been listening to podcasts for about six years. I think I think I probably told told this story the first time I was on. Uh, I've been listening since about 2010, and I decided to start up my own stuff uh, January 2015, which I mean, just past a year, a month and a half ago. Pretty cool. Um, and I started off with a goal of watching every single Adam Sandler film, starring roles, not production and stuff like that. Um, and talking about it with my friend Eric and then he bailed after like eight episodes. So I decided to just go, go at it solo and get other podcasters on the show with me all the time. Um, and it was real solid. I was doing a show once a week for a very long time. And then I decided that I didn't want to do that. And I started putting out like one a month and then now I have like one left to do and I don't want to do it. It's like this weird, like, um, I mean, I want to be done with it, and I know that people want to hear it. The last episode is Ridiculous 6, but something keeps getting in the way of finishing the show, you know? Yeah, I, I imagine that. It must be bittersweet, you know? Yeah, and it's like when you're when something is like an ordeal, you know? If it's like if Cynical Cartoons, my other show, was ending and I had one last episode to do, I think that it would be like a nice, like big, like celebratory thing, you know? But uh, for Adam Sandcast, I wanted to get my original co-host on, the guy that left after eight episodes, and we're still friends. We hang out like every weekend and something just haven't been able to get around to it, I guess. I don't know. Is there part of you is also like, I'd have to watch The Ridiculous Six? I've watched it. I watched it like twice in preparation for the show and I, I hate it so much. No, it's okay. terrible. It's it's the worst. So I, I don't remember all the details, but I just remember reading something about like cast members walking off set for extreme uh, racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um is yeah, that... there there was a there was a lot of stuff in the movie. Like they're what they're going for is like a farcical, like uh blazing saddles sort of thing. But it's like you can't be Mel Brooks in twenty sixteen. Like Mel Brooks can be Mel Brooks in twenty sixteen, but you can't do blazing saddles in twenty sixteen and have it be like a bunch of, you know, farcical racist humor and stuff like that because it's it's twenty sixteen, you know. So basically the script was just like full of all these jokes that were just like I don't know, like derogatory terms to like Native Americans and like a bunch of really shitty stuff. And a bunch of actors on set were like, hey, uh, we want to talk to you about this. And one of the producers just told him, nothing's going to change. If you don't like it, you can walk off set. So a bunch of people did. And then they dressed up a bunch of white people like Native Americans and pretended that they were Native. It was fucked up, man. <laughs> oh, man. And, and I mean, Adam, smart, Adam Sandler isn't smart enough to do the commentary and satire that Mel Brooks did. No, and, and I think a genius. That, I think that he is like I've only seen Blazing Saddles once, but it's like you, you know, it's it would be like if somebody tried to make Fresh Prince of Bel Air now or something like that. It doesn't. Oh, you know work they to, are right. I don't know. It doesn't. No, they re- take something from another era and bring it into 2016 um, and try and do it the same. The reboot. Well, you just explained all of Hollywood. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, but they're rebooting least, it with Jaden Smith. Of course they are. At least because a lot of the time not? when they when they try to bring something to the modern era, they at least do something with it, you know, different. Like yeah. Ghostbusters isn't just trying to get all those old guys back. It's, I mean, they're trying to do something new, and who knows how that's going to turn out. Are they doing two Ghostbusters? Isn't there an all-male reboot and an all-female reboot? Yeah. Yeah. They, 
it's it's a silly situation. I think that the new movie is going to be fine. Um, I like Kristen Wiig. I like Kate McKinnon. The other two I can, you know, leave or take. But I think it's silly that they said, like, okay, all-female team, instead of just getting, like, men and women, like, three women and a guy, that's fine. And then they said, okay, people don't like that. Everybody's, like, screaming at us about how we're, like, like insane feminist SJW, whatever. And so now we're just going to make an all-male team as well, and then we'll cross them over. It's like, just do... Just yeah, mix just it up, movie. you know. Isn't the all male movie? That's not that's not Paul Feig, the the male one. He's only doing the female one, right? I have no idea. I think that yeah, they're I trying to make it. him. I think they're trying to make him like the creative director, like Marvel has, and trying to do like a cinematic universe because that's the new thing, you know. Yeah, which I'm totally on board for Marvel. But you also host cynical cartoons, which I wanted to touch on because that's OG, that's your more popular show, obviously. Sure, and yeah, that's the one people should check out. Um, yeah, you that's the one that on, I enjoy doing. Yeah, but the, I, I do remember we talked about this. You enjoyed bad things. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's the one takeaway I remember from the last time we our, our, our last <laughs> file, which I, I I find that fascinating though. Like, um, so can you explain? Tell people what you've reviewed on purpose. <laughs> right um well basically we started the show off as a rick and morty podcast and then we finished all of season one and we decided we we're going to talk about bojack horseman both of those are good shows like they're legitimately good there's no ironic anything to watching them they're just fun and well written and well animated um and then both of those shows ended for like a year and a half and i was like okay what do i do now i don't want to just drop the show because i really enjoy doing it i've always liked just terrible, terrible movies and animation and TV and stuff. Um, I should just watch weird cartoons that like nobody's ever heard of or have like some weird cult following to them. So we've watched like Rubik the Amazing Cube, uh, Robocop, Alpha Commando, like a bunch of stuff that basically just doesn't need to exist. Like Hercules and Aladdin do not need to cross over, but for some reason in 1997, some TV executive said, this episode would be very popular, let's do it. What is the RoboCop one like? Like, there's a okay. string of R-rated movies made for kids' cartoons. Absolutely, I don't know why. That like, is I one of my favorite why. things in the world. Is when they make they make an R-rated movie, right? RoboCop, one of my favorite films of all time. I've talked about it so many times, way too many times. Um, it's just it's just like a perfect movie, and there's really nothing wrong with it. And they basically they made it. They realized, okay, kids really like this, but they can't watch it because it's R-rated and it's way too edgy for them. So. RoboCop 2 was R-rated, didn't do too well. RoboCop 3 was PG-13, also didn't do too well because it's a terrible, terrible movie. Um, And they decided to make an animated series. And that apparently was popular enough to get a reboot in 19 or in 99 or 2000 where they were like, yeah, this is like the hip reboot where everybody's got like weird, like, you know, computer tablets. And there's all these new characters you don't really care about. And so we watched the Christmas episode where he fights like robot elves and it was pretty crazy. It was a good time. Oh, my God. And then you didn't you do one for the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yeah, that was interesting. Because um, that's a terrible movie. I mean, <laughs> that's God awful. Yeah, that's an interesting story in general. Um, I was getting ready for Pixels for the Adam Sandcast. It was a movie that he put out uh, summer 2015. And I decided that I was going to do this thing called Pixel Nation, where I was going to watch a bunch of different video game movies because I had never seen any of them. I watched Tomb Raider, uh, Stay Alive Gamer, and the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I had never seen, even though I really like like weird, you know, ironic, kitschy stuff. Um, 
And so I watched it with my friend Derek. And then for, for the Cynical Cartoons podcast, there was an episode that I did where I watched Gem and the Holograms. I watched it twice. I got so pumped up and excited to talk about it. And the episode happened. And it just kind of like fizzled out. It didn't go so well. Um, I decided not to release it. And I just re-released an old episode of something that was sort of a little bit related because it was just really good. I mean, it was just a good episode in general. Yeah, I only asked you about that because I wanted to talk about that movie because it was so fucking terrible. Gem and, or uh, Super Mario Bros? Super Mario Brothers. It right. was borderline, I guess, racially insensitive to the Italian-Americans, which I don't think anyone cares. Of but course it was. It was, just like, yeah. <laughs> it was like really bad. Racially insensitive ever... to uh, reptile people as well. Repti- especially reptile people. Yeah. Uh, I'm Italian. So it's cool. But like, I remember... Is John Leguizamo in that movie for some reason? Yeah, John Leguizamo is sexy Luigi, and he walks around half the time with his shirt off. Yeah, yeah, and because I'm I'm uh, older uh, older than you, but so this movie came out, and I, I, I either I'm getting this wrong or I feel like simultaneously there was a Super Mario Brothers cartoon I would watch, and I remember thinking, see, by the time I saw this movie, it was going to be the same actors from the cartoon. This is I was young and didn't understand that that's not how things work. I thought. So it wasn't the actors when the cartoon is also god awful. But uh, I, I think what you're thinking of is the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, yeah, yeah. Which was which was dual cartoon and, and live action sitcom. in the beginning. Yeah, it was it was, like it was the, weird. It was terrible, but I used to love it, and I thought they would be. And so I remember seeing Mario, and then like, but I remember being young and seeing this movie, mm-hmm. and even realizing it was terrible. And I'm like, I was like, why am I not enjoying myself? Yeah, it was a situation where, like, you know, Bob Hoskins from Roger Rabbit decided that he wanted to do more kids stuff because that movie was such a huge smash hit. And uh, he came on because his, like, grandkids told him that Mario was great or whatever. And just, like, nobody cared. Everybody's just, like, drunk on set. Nobody is enjoying themselves. It's just terrible in general. And it was, like, it really tried to be dark and gritty. Yeah. And which, that's all which I was about it. Which was interesting because I realized that like the directors and the writers of the movie were the ones that wanted to bring it back to like some weird grounded realism and the studio just wanted a Super Mario Bros. movie. And it's like that doesn't usually happen where like the studio are the ones who are totally right and they know exactly yeah. what everybody wants and the director is totally wrong. But yeah, I guess the directors got their way and we got that movie. There's nothing gritty about the Mario Brothers. Like it would have been better if they just like actually had the good parts about the the Mario the, the game. It's a video game. It's a fucking right. video game. Yeah, right. man. I'm I, I'm gonna try to find that. And then um so you actually are the one person that I know that saw Gem and the Holograms. What were your thoughts? Wow, I'm the only person. Such an honor. Um Yeah, well yeah, I don't think I know anyone who thought that, that was gonna be good. I, I didn't watch the cartoon growing up. I was born in 1994. I'm 22 now. So it was way, way before my time. Um, I really, really loved the movie as a bad movie. It's just so weirdly, like, it's trying to be, like, the fellow kids thing. It's trying to appeal to kids with, like, the Twitter and the Instagram. But it just it just fails on every level because fans of the original cartoon are not going to like it at all. And obviously kids just weren't interested because it was in theaters for two weeks and then it left. Um, and that's a situation where a company brought up, bought up the property because it was really, really cheap. They bought it for like a million dollars. They made the movie for 4 million and it made like 1.5 back. And yeah. And so this is a situation where like this company just like spends no money on the movie and then spends all the money on marketing. And I think this is the same company that also bought memento as a property and they're going to try and reboot that as well. How do you reboot Mento? You don't. You just you just don't, man. I mean, there's no 
it was just popular enough as a low budget feature back in the day. And they just in a very scummy way decided like, yeah, we're going to buy things that are super cheap because nobody would ever think to reboot them and we'll just do it and see what happens. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm not even old enough to see the car. I think they got the nostalgia a little bit off because I'm not even, I'm 31 and I'm not even old enough to remember that cartoon. I think it was people maybe in their late thirties. So maybe they're trying right. to go after people who with kids and like, I used to love gem and so will you. And, well, um, yeah, it's kind of funny because like even, I mean, you know, fans were outraged about Gem and they hated it so much. And I just loved like the little dancing beatboxing robot. But um, I mean, there was like a fan project to try and get a fan film of Gem going up and going. And I actually contributed to that because I just want people to make cool shit. And it just that didn't even get its like $12,000 Kickstarter goal. Like they there's not an audience for Gem that's super interested in that right no. now, I guess. And I think it's because it wasn't a good cartoon. I think it was just something that was on. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it afterwards. Are probably like, you know, late 30s, early 40 females that were just not. Fandom didn't exist for Gem. It was just more of nostalgia. I can't think of anything that I loved. Oh, Ninja Turtles, but they they seem. That property has always found a way to reinvent itself. Well, it's interesting because I always, uh, or at least most of the time, try and ask my guests when I have them on, because I have somebody else on the show every single week on Cynical Cartoons, um, you know, the weirdest thing they watched growing up. And a lot of the time, somebody will say, like, you know, Spongebob or something that everybody's seen, but sometimes people will just, like, surprise you with the weirdest thing that they watched every single day. You know, the other day I was um, thinking about this show. Yeah, Reboot, definitely. Go ahead. I used to watch Reboot all the time. Never liked it. Just watched it. Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast. Um, when I, I think I had Paul Hawkins from uh, Blockbusters. It was a fun time. <laughs> I think that's how I found your show. And then it said reboot. I was like, oh my God, someone remembers this show? And that's when I found out you could watch <laughs> old cartoons on YouTube. And I was yeah. like, oh, I, I spent like a day finding everything. Everything I, I, I thought you were I loved. Me about, I think you were telling me about Eek the Cat and watching that a bunch too. Yeah, Eek the Cat wasn't really. I mean, I since went back since we, and I found that. I used to like this show called Life with Louie, which was Louie Anderson had an animated show. But I've heard about that. Terrible. So like, yeah, yeah. And it emphasized his whininess in the show. <laughs> it's it's weird how much my life has become based around just like having this encyclopedic like that's not right. Whatever. Uh, like this <laughs> this knowledge of like all of the weird animation from like the eighties through the early two thousands, and having like this huge huge list of shows that are just all options for me and i can kind of just like put them on a wheel and spin it and any one of them is going to be a fun time <laughs> what a random thing to know about like yeah. you'd be good for trivia hey you guys yeah. <laughs> you want to know about gem <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but that's awesome um man i you had you just had uh dwight or i like to call yeah. him dwight on mm-hmm. your show i didn't listen to it because i didn't see the movie and right good call ruined um, yeah. We watched Anomalisa. It was me and Dwight Hurst, who's uh, – is he a therapist or like a psychologist? He, he Yeah, knows therapist. About that kind He's of stuff. from the yeah. Broken Brain podcast. Uh, right. Wonderful human being. <laughs> as well as uh, War Machine, War Horses, um, Michael Denniston. That was a really good episode. It was fun to talk about something legitimately good rather than like, I don't know, the Captain Planet episode where they <laughs> have like a big drug PSA. You know, We actually got to talk about Anomalisa, which is a fantastic movie – by a fantastic filmmaker, Charlie Kaufman. Those War Machine dudes fucking, and they know their shit. Yeah. Like, it's almost like I get intimidated when I listen to them talk. It's like, oh my God, you guys know everything. 
I don't think I like film. Like I like movies. Right. But I don't like if I can't. T- I, no, I don't like movies at all. Because yeah, no, I, I really like that podcast as well. Those they um I, I've met I've had Chris from War. I think he's on War Machine sometimes. Um, way back when, but uh, I don't. You know, sometimes you listen to those film podcasts and you're like, I I can't do. I, at least for me, that's not my skill set. Right. Like, I I can't do that at all. So. Well, I think that us and a lot of the guests that we have are forever indebted to uh michael for creating a podcast group on facebook that we're all subscribed to so like anytime i have a question or anytime i i need a guest at the last second i can just go there and basically you know you message somebody they get back to you you listen to their show to make sure that they don't suck at this and then you have them on the next day you know and it's totally cool yeah there seems to be a little quality control in there because i haven't found anything and there's shows that i don't like love but not for anything other than it's just, I don't know, I'm not in the mood at that exact moment. Yeah. But yeah, I've found nothing but quality podcasts. I mean, there's podcasts that I just fucking love, and there's just days like I just can't listen to it for whatever reason. How there's days I just can't listen to podcasts at all. I just need to listen to something else. I listen to music. Yeah, I don't know that feeling. Like, podcast is like a daily thing for me now, you know? What is Amalisa? How did you say that word? Anomalisa. What? It's I like, don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's like Anomaly plus Lisa, and it, it blends in the middle. Um, it's a little bit inexplicable. It's uh, written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And, oh, I love uh, that movie. Yeah, adaptation, and he wrote and directed Synecdoche, New York. He's just a fantastic filmmaker that really you know struggles to get a lot of his projects off the ground. And I don't think he's made a movie in like five or six years now um, until this one it's a like stop motion animated film where all the characters look like incredibly lifelike and it's basically just a drama about like this lonely guy who I I mean if I said anything more than that it would really ruin okay, the yeah, movie yeah, yeah. yeah it's well, really I've, trippy I've, and interesting I've seen adaptation I've seen internal sunshine so I feel I I kind of get your type of it's a it's a weird movie, but it yeah. sounds really good because I, I loved adaptation. I loved I saw Internal Sunshine out the Spotless Mind shortly after being dumped, and uh, that's not a thing you want to go see in theaters with your friends if you don't want to show feelings in front of anyone. Right, right. <laughs> it's <laughs> so very, you're just like, oh my god. I, I can imagine that's a really cathartic experience. Definitely. Yeah, I watched it again, and what a fucking amazing movie and that's is that michelle gondry i believe directed that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i have a friend my friend crystal um is just obsessed with his work like all his music videos and movies and a number of years i almost hated him because i had to hear about him so much (laughs) i was like shut up i don't care like we would like have a a friend's house at the end of the night like like a small party or whatever she'd be like we're all going to bed and She's like, oh, I'm just gonna put on uh, some Michelle Gondry movies or like a DVD compilation of all his music videos on a loop, and you, you fall asleep to this fucking Foo Fighters <laughs> and Fat Boy Slim or whatever. No, right. the Chemical <laughs> Brothers videos. Like, I'll never forget them. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, that that Facebook group that we're in is. I know that's how we met, and god, that thing is amazing. Uh, we spawned off our own podcast that we didn't continue with. Um, which uh, which we I think might still be an iTunes super fast flashcast. So that's I I just want to talk flash as well. Oh, are, are we not doing that right now? Is this not super fast flashcast? Oops, <laughs> Michelle Country is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oops. Yeah, you know what? Our pro- I, I think our problem was uh, I don't I'm not able to watch it live, and we live three right. hours away. So a recap show needs to go up like an hour after it airs, and we are we didn't have the well, we just don't have the opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, the wherewithal. Yeah, I was like, well, I'd have to have cable so that's a problem right and we both live three hours away but someone out there or you should just do that show with someone who actually can watch it the night it airs except this season two 
um, you're the one. I'm going to quote you. Okay. It's been like every episode is either great or a filler, and I cannot right. agree with that statement more. Um, sp- we're going to do some spoiling, so you might want to cut it off if you haven't seen up to Zoom's identity revealed episode. Yeah, or you could like put in, you know, plug something in later and say like skip three minutes here if you don't want to hear or like yeah. however long it's going to be. That's smart. I probably won't, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I won't remember that. Well, no, I have to listen back to edit right. it. Maybe I will. Uh, yeah, but um, so anyway, uh, but like, I do. Are you, do you watch Arrow? Yeah, I do. Um, Me too. I I watch it begrudgingly, but I do watch it. Um, I think I talked about it the last time I was on, so I'll make this kind of quick. But like, I I love 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 Flash the show. I have wanted to flash movie since I was like six years old and this is just way, way better because like even if an episode totally sucks, you get 22 episodes a season and you know that you can just take a gamble on next week, you know, it's just complete and total fan service all the time. It's great. Yeah, I I totally agree. I, I didn't know much about flash or arrow. I didn't watch arrow till season two. Uh, I think when it came on Netflix and then, I I I only watch Flash because of the because they did the, that really cool spinoff, um, which that used to happen in TV way more. Which I right. love that they did that. I, God, what was I just found out that Family Matters was a Perfect Strangers spinoff. Oh really? <laughs> I I just found like Carl was supposed to be the the spinoff. So there used to be a time where like TV like fr- I think maybe Friends would be the last show that. That I could think of that is notorious where they would combine all the universes because like in Friends they in one episode they go to a hospital where it's the the guys from ER which was the big show at the time and then there's an episode of Friends where because the actress who plays Phoebe was on a show called Mad About You and right she played Ursula on that show <laughs> who was her twin sister in Friends and there's an episode where the two characters from Mad About You it's Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt walk into the cafe and they see Phoebe and think it's Ursula. I had it's, no idea about any of this. This is incredible. Yeah, and it's cool. If you don't know it, it doesn't matter. But if you're like, yeah. when you watched it, it was cool. So I don't know. If, what all, I don't. All that I know is that Joey Triviani's tried to spin off um, to Joey. And that, yeah, and that didn't work out. He was like an actor in the first season, and then an astronaut in the second season, or something like that. It was like yeah. I have no idea what's happening I just right read now. A this split is great. article about that, and you yeah, can, it, you can't buy the DVD for some reason in the U.S. Probably because the music well, license and yeah, because it sucks though, because nobody wants it. Yeah, that too. They're like, uh, no one's gonna buy it. I had uh, the girl from Sopranos, isn't it? Like Drea Amatea. I don't know how you say her name. Just watch Sopranos, she... though. I mean, you know. Yeah, she's great. But I, I was like. So yeah, maybe Friends was the last show that I can think of. If someone out there listening, prove me wrong, where they took a character and then tried to spin it off into its own show. And uh, but Flash did that. I mean, Arrow did that really well. Like they almost used that episode as a backdoor pilot. And um, The Office was supposed to do that with uh, yeah, with, with Dwight in the farm. Yeah, yeah, and then it didn't. Which uh, luckily, because because one of the characters in that uh, little backdoor pilot was played by Thomas Middleditch, who's a fantastic actor, a great you know stand up and improv guy. Yeah, exactly. Silicon Valley would not have oh. happened in the way that we know it now. Maybe he wouldn't have been in it. Maybe it wouldn't have happened at all uh, if the farm had gotten picked up. So all right, yeah. that worked out. I mean, come on, Silicon Valley. I couldn't imagine without Middleditch. I love that show. We we should talk about that next. But, Definitely. <laughs> so. Uh, I screwed this last episode. The big reveal. We find out who Zoom is. What are your thoughts? Because we had a little thing of we always were trying to guess who Zoom is, right. and I think we were wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't Barry's dad, and it wasn't Joe. I. But you I might have said that, Jay Garrick. 
I think that I've been spoiled by this show quite a bit um, because season one just it felt like it was like growing and mounting and mounting all the time getting better you know and then you start off season two and you're like okay this show's done nothing but it's been on upward slope this entire time and I think the things in this season that really sort of feel like mediocre and sort of like they're not the best thing in the world would have really gotten me excited in season one like last week on the show Barry Allen the Flash fought a giant shark man and he <laughs> yeah. And he used with Diggle, his, yeah, exactly. And Diggle was there from Arrow, and his wife. And that would have been such a cool moment if it had happened in like episode three or four in season one. I would have been so psyched. But this time around, I was just like so invested in the story, and nothing happens in the story in the episode. Yeah. So it just feels like filler until the last three seconds of the episode. They're like, "Hey, guess what? Here's a reveal. Okay, we'll see you in a month." And the reveal, we don't actually know anything. Still, it only gives us more questions. Who's the man? In the mask is that the man? Actually- in the mask is Jay. I know these answers. I think I know these answers. I don't you know think if we talked Jay, about this. Garrick and the Yes. And um, then Zoom is Zoom Zalman. Yeah, Zoomer's hunt Zoom is Hunter Zalman from Earth 2. Hunter Zalman on Earth 1 is just some guy apparently that has nothing to do with anything. And then yeah. Jay Garrick from Earth 1 is the guy in the mask in Zoom's lair and then Jay Garrick from Earth 2 is dead. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. Because yeah. in the comic books, um, he's Hunter Solomon is Zoom. So yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to switch it around just to fuck with everyone. Well, but the yeah, other I'd... thing is Barry can't handle anyone from Earth 2 being evil. Like, he couldn't right. handle the fact that Joe just didn't like him. So I think that kind of is like a clue to being like, it doesn't even matter if, if uh, Hunter Solomon, he looks like Jake Garrick, who he believes is Jake Garrick, right. even as they're not related. He can't even handle Harrison Wells and Harry Well looking like he, Barry's a bitch. I love him, but man, he is really, sometimes he's just a bit of a bitch. Well, I think that what they're mounting up to is for Hunter Zolman from Earth 2 to come back and manipulate Caitlin in some way. Because I you feel think like she'll become Killer Frost. Maybe. That would be really interesting if they went down that route, but there is only uh, four or five more episodes in this season. Yeah, and they're going to open Earth 2 again, though. Well, then they yeah. brought Eobod Thawne back. That still opens up that storyline again. So that's the thing about Flash. It's almost like, who cares if someone's dead? It doesn't matter. There's 55 timelines, 90 million right. Earths, and nothing seems to matter. <laughs> Everybody has a duplicate, and, you know, uh, there's like 40 Jay Garricks. Um, yeah, there's no rules. And But um, I, I, I think I just, we're... Oh, go ahead. Okay. I, I think what really gets me excited about the show is that I'm actually there on the ground floor. Like, I watched the, the Arrow episode when it aired. I got excited for the pilot of the next one. I was on all the message boards and excited about it. I watched it. I loved it. And I've kept up the entire time. And usually with a TV show, I don't get to do that. And so, like, this feels like I get to, like, follow along with the conspiracy like everybody else and, like, have all these theories about crazy, you know, there's 12 Jay Garricks or whatever. And usually when I find a TV show, it's five years after it's done. And, like, yeah. I want to talk about it and nobody cares. It's appointment television, and it's really fun being part of the culture. Like, yeah. the last season of Breaking Bad was the most fun I've ever had watching a show. Because you mm-hmm. watch it, and then you talk to everyone you know who watches it. Even if you just meet strangers, like, hey, how you doing? You watch Breaking Bad? Yeah? All right, well, I hate <laughs> everything about you besides this, but let's talk anyway. Right. <laughs> and then you become friends. I mean, I, I would talk to people I've never met in my entire life. Um, it's funny. I have a Star Lab sweatshirt, like the one Barry wears, because my wife got it for me because she's the best. Awesome. And I get comments on that shirt from the people you would never expect to watch. It's always like bro, like broy dudes at like the grocery store or a clothing store. I'd be like, sometimes like a little more urban. Be like, oh, but I one time I was at a store recently. 
I live in Providence, so it's very eclectic, uh, very diverse. That's the word. And um, so I got as cashier at Stop and Shop, it's just a grocery store. If I, I think they're everywhere, I don't know. And so this guy's like, "Yo, that a that a flash shirt, right?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You watch? Oh yeah. And we talked for like, this random dude. We just talked about who Zoom is for like five minutes. Right. Like, the cashier. I was like, "Why?" It's never nerdy kids. It's always just like really tough, muscular bros. Some kind of don't like to, be, to just as my default. I um when I got my first editing job and I actually had a little bit of disposable income, I was super happy with that. And I said the first thing that I was going to buy online was a Star Labs sweater, exactly like the one he has in the show. I think it was red instead of dark blue or whatever. And I ordered it. I ordered a medium. And for some reason, it was a medium from, like, China. And so Ooh. their sizes are, like, totally, totally different. And I got yeah. it. And it basically is, a sweat, like, a sweater that would fit, like, a 12-year-old girl. And I was, <laughs> I was fucking pissed because it took, like, three and a half weeks to get to me. And when I messaged them about it, they obviously didn't speak English for some reason. And they sent me back, like, an auto-reply that said, like, uh, yeah, you can return it if it's only been two weeks since we sent it. So because uh, they sent it cunt. way late. Yeah, I think so. It was fucked up, man. And I, I just like had it lying around for like a long time till I just like gave it away to Goodwill. I was pissed. <laughs> Maybe some twelve year old's gonna find that and it's gonna change her life. Hopefully, man. Yeah, introduce I, them. To I the even show. have a piece of fan art of Flash fighting the reverse Flash. I got a Comic Con on my wall above me because I'm, I'm, I'm all about it, man. I am so addicted to that show. Um, yeah, it's great. Are you doing Legends as well? I've been watching it. Yeah, I haven't been talking about it on any forums yeah, or anything I, like that. I don't know. It's it's good. It's it's like I was saying earlier. Like we're totally spoiled in that. Like there is a show where there are superheroes hanging out in the 1970s, the 1980s, fighting the Soviets, hanging out in 2046, and we just don't like. I guess it's fine, but like TV like that did not exist. You know, 20 Five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, exactly. God, and, and and we live in a world where Jessica Joneses now exist. So like my bar for superhero shows is like way up. Right, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Arrow, Flash, Legends. Yeah, so I watch five of them. <laughs> <laughs> and any any podcast listener, uh, Aisha Tyler has a great podcast called Girl on Guy, and she's had Grant Gustin, Stephen Amell, and Emily Bet Ricard. And I don't think I've ever heard them on anywhere else. Nice. So that was fun because. Yeah, Grant Gustin's like, I don't really know what a podcast is. Right. It's like, and then someone told me, I didn't know he was on Glee. That yeah. kind of threw me for a loop. And yeah. so people were not happy when he got casted. He does great on the show. I mean, there's yeah, nothing wrong I mean, with his performance. No, he's fucking great. I mean, I remember when, Wol- when Hugh Jackman got uh, casted for Wolverine. Cause he and was everybody like a, wanted Danzig for some reason. Yeah. And Wolverine <laughs> is like, a, I mean, at Wolverine. Hugh Jackman's before, before he was known for this, he's a theater actor. But like right. a good actor can do anything. He can. He's a song and dance man, and he's a, he's a little infeminate. And then he just comes out as Wolverine, and just rawr, right? Just destroys that role until the Wolverine movie, which was just god awful. Well, it's interesting because I think that we're in on the ground floor of that right now with uh, Batman Superman coming out in almost exactly a month now. Are uh, you gonna go? Yeah, of course. I mean, I love. Okay, Batman favorite superhero of all time. Superman second favorite right and I feel Mm -hmm. like for some reason I've been sort of petering off like I don't I mean I love those characters and I love that world but I don't really give a shit about this new movie no me neither I'm supposed to I mean I will see it but I don't care that I'm I'm just gonna go I'm more excited for 10 Cloverfield Lane and that is like a five million dollar sequel to a movie from eight years ago you know than I am for Batman (laughs) Superman so I don't know man 
bad signs, bad signs. Cause I love those characters and I love that sort of, you know, that comic universe, but like this movie just looks very blase to me. Not very interested. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I don't know. And now like the marketing is more of like, by the way, we're spinning off the justice league. So come see right. my movie. Cause you might get a glimpse of wonder woman. Right. And like, I, I'll probably see it. I'm excited for it. Um, did you see Deadpool? Yes, I did actually. Um, and Deadpool was really interesting because I sat around and I laughed at how terrible the marketing was. Everybody talks about how great it was. I hated it so much. Oh, I loved it. It was, it was totally obnoxious to me. And I just felt like it was something I would have liked when I was like 10 or 12 years old. Um, and the movie came out and I kind of almost ironically went to see it on my birthday because it came out on my birthday. So I went to see it with some friends and I just like was, I mean, even if you only laugh at three out of every 10 jokes, you'll laugh three times a minute. It was pretty good. Oh God. I it was one of the my favorite movie going experiences of my life. I loved it so much. Yeah, it was really funny and great action and a little sex, and it was just like a good movie. Yeah, I think like, I'd be interested in seeing it again in theaters. Actually, but yeah, me too. I'm trying to convince someone to go tomorrow. Yeah, but again, but I mean, I I brought up Ten Cloverfield Lane a little bit, and like I only watched Cloverfield for the first time in January. And I'm just totally, totally obsessed right now. I think I've watched it like eight times in the last month. I saw and that I, in theaters and yeah. with a group of people, two of us liked it. I was one of them. Everyone else hated it. Everyone was like, right. I don't know what I just watched. I'm like, I think it was really cool. Well, I think that the viral marketing campaign is more interesting than the actual movie is, you know? So with 10 Corfield Lane, it'll be interesting to see. There's actually a podcast right now that I found a new and noteworthy called um, Cloverfields. And those guys are just like fantastic, super, super funny. All they talk about on the podcast is the marketing for the next movie. And like, it's like this big, crazy conspiracy. Like I was talking about earlier, like they just like made this big fake thing that you can just obsess over and like find all these weird little links, you know? Isn't the story of those things are like soda monsters or something? Yeah, there's, there's this, uh, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it for 20 minutes, but there's like this Japanese drilling company called Taguruado who was like digging up uh all of this weird like sea nectar so they can make this really addictive drink called slusho and then by doing that they disturb the monster who's like a baby who's like looking for its mother and i mean there's all this crazy stuff um and the new one has like just as much going on as the original did which was a huge huge viral marketing campaign back in 2008 i i I saw i remember dragging people to it because i remember thinking it looked so good but i i remember yeah. liking that movie but i but deadpool man that man, it was just it was so funny and it had heart and it just it was just a good action comedy i think that happened to be a superhero movie and i think that's the and i love the self-referentialness of it yeah like he's like fourth wall inside a fourth wall inside a fourth wall <laughs> that's 16 walls like i just right or that scene where he's like, oh, you already saw this, and they do the fast forward like that. I'm just such a sucker for That's one of my favorite things in a movie when it can do that. Well, uh, I, I love it. And I think it's interesting because, like, Fox with their properties, I mean, Fantastic Four was absolutely terrible. It's, like, one of my favorite so bad it's good movies in the last 10 years. Which but it version? The, the new one. The, the one Michael B. Jordan? One. Yeah. It's horrible. It's so bad, but I love watching it. I love showing it to people because, like, there's all this crazy behind-the-scenes stuff. But if you if I had asked myself three years ago if Fox's properties like X-Men would be my favorite superhero movies in 2016, I would not have believed it because like, I don't know, Marvel was on a roll with MCU and stuff like that. And then their last two movies, Ant-Man and Age of Ultron, just kind of like 
really yeah. stunk. They were not good. I and did like, not like Age of Ultron at all. I got yeah. yelled at by a, a fellow, a, a nerd friend for not liking it, and they explained to me why I was wrong for not liking it. Right. And I think they were just in the... Uh, they were in what, denial. It's the Phantom yeah, Menace yeah. thing. They, they I, convinced themselves they liked it. I saw the Indiana Jones movie, the most recent one that came out with uh, Shia LaBeouf. And Almost my dad's, 10 years ago now. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I remember going to see that with my dad, and I think my brother, my dad and my brother, my, my dad's a huge Indiana Jones fan, that's like his Star Wars, right. and we walked out, my brother and I are like, what a piece of shit, my dad's like, no, it's it's good, it's good, right. I, I get right. it, no, 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 it's a little different, but I really liked it, like he just right. couldn't even process the fact that that happened, and my brother and I are like, why did the fucking monkeys and the skull and then aliens, like that was uncalled for. <laughs> It's like no, Indiana Jones is always campy. I'm like, yeah, but it's not sci-fi, and like, it just he couldn't couldn't process it. It wasn't it wasn't for him. I think now he. I've also met someone else who told me I was wrong and why it, was, it had this great reason why it's great. It's like I don't know, man. I still think it's pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, I mean George Lucas in general is like an anomaly that's fun to just like sort of study what's going on there. You know, he's like he has created two of the most successful franchises of all time. Mm-hmm. American Graffiti is a great, awesome yeah. movie. And yet he just like, he's so, so hated online for the things that he's done and the things that he said. And it's really interesting to see like the vitriol that people throw at him for creating one of their favorite movies of all time. And then also creating some that weren't so good later on down the line. I don't Star Wars fans are kind of the worst. And there was a period of my life where I hated, I didn't like Star Wars. Watch yourself counselor. Yeah. Just because of the fans alone. Right. Cause like the force awakens, I, I really liked it, uh, but I've met Star Wars fans who actually hated it. I don't know why. The new because one, The Force Awakens, the, the brand new one, yeah, the new one. I can the tell you that, why. Like, well, yeah, of course we know why, but it was right. Like, <laughs> uh, but I think part of being like a Star Wars fan to a certain level is there's a certain type of fan who I think it attracts cynical, some cynical. I mean, I, mean, I know my brother-in-law is like a. Loves Star Wars. He loves every Star Wars movie. He knows everything, and he's all about it. But there's almost something fun about hating, loving the original, and hating everything else. Right. Well, the prequels specifically. Um, I'm not sure how people feel about like the Clone Wars and stuff. I I liked it. Well, it's but, funny to see like the infinite, you know, the backlash that's like so precisely calculated. You know, people even say like, you know, oh, Force Awakens was so much worse than the prequels because like it's not George Lucas's vision anymore. And it's it's so yeah. interesting to see like, people you guys hate his vision. Yeah, <laughs> you guys openly mock it. Right. I I don't I don't. It's not a world I'm deeply deeply into. And I I got to have someone on this show who was actually in Star Wars. And I which one? Uh, she was the newest one. She was just like an ex, um oh cool in the opening scene uh, right. But she's like in she's in the book the Star Wars Bible. And I I actually was trying to get someone to, I had someone get a guest host who knew Star Wars right. and they canceled last minute so I did as well as I could it was just more like what was the experience being on set because I think that stuff just to be in a movie of that size is fucking cool like you got to know that's going to be in your like tombstone no matter what you do the rest of your life definitely and I mean George uh, not George J J Abrams has been able to like sort of use that to catapult himself even more so than he was before. Um, and he's like trying to get like Cloverfield three underway, you know, or like Cloverfield three imprint, like in quotes, because it's not really, but it's, it's interesting to see what somebody can do when they've gained some pull in the industry. Yeah. And I, I think not that I feel bad for Lucas, but from what I've known of Lucas was he was always like, I've always kind of compare him to like the Matt Groening, yeah. like the creator of the Simpsons. Like he had the idea for the bones of the show. But the heart of it was more is James L. Brooks and Sam Simon, and right. with, I don't know who um, 
Lucas's guy is, but there's some guy who like rewrote all the originals or the the, the good one. I someone else find this. Are you, are you talking about Irving Kirshner? There was is, there was a lot of writers on the originals, and then yeah. George just kind of like took the reins in the prequels, and that's why they are what they that's are. That's why they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. And, but I don't know. Matt Groening also maybe, but that also might say something good about Groening, where he knows where to like where someone where his weaknesses are, where someone could take over. Because I love Futurama, right? But then, well. Well, okay, so like this is something interesting is that um it's it's cool to see like the auteur and like the way that that works out when you look at somebody who writes, directs, produces all of their own stuff and you look at them like 20 years down the line. Um cuz that's kind of what I want to do, you know, I want to write and direct yeah. my own stuff and I'm actually writing right now a feature that I want to shoot next quarter. That's awesome. Yeah, like I'm graduating and I want to stay in town and shoot something with some people. Um and I'm trying to like get all of those connections. You know, I want to make sure that I have other writers on board to make sure that like my great idea doesn't get ruined by my um, singular vision. You know, mm-hmm. how do how does one do that? Like, how does Abrams or Lucas or any of these great people? I I, I don't understand <laughs> it. Like, you they, you have they, to be incredibly conceited and basically say, I know exactly what I want with this. I know that I can execute, and I'm the only one who can. Yeah, and 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 there's there's that saying like it's a miracle anything ever gets made. Right. And a movie is a lot of parts. I mean, you could have a great script, a great director, and then a a, a terrible editor, and the movie's fucking over. Yeah, like the editing is the thing. Like no editing, in, you don't notice editing unless it's bad. Well, and I think that what you have to be able to do is to know how to do everything so that you can make sure that you get the right people on. So, like, I've done a lot of editing, especially audio editing. I've, you know, directed stuff. I've written stuff. I've acted in stuff. So I know how to do all those things, and I can help guide the people that are doing them for me. Um, But it's just kind of scary because, like, I have an excellent idea that I've been – I'll probably not talk about it here, but, like, I – Smart. (laughs) Yeah. I am going to try and shoot it for very little money, and it has, like – effects in it you know and i need to find like an effects person that can do stuff in post but i don't know anybody at my college that does that i don't think that's a class course that's taught here so i need to find somebody like online or something and it's scary because like every single shot you know will have some sort of effect in it uh to a minimal extent and so it's it's just interesting like the undertaking of it is going to be difficult i think so is this going to be your first movie or the movie you want to make and you maybe make like a two or three and then get some money behind you? This is this is the one that I can make for very little money. Are you going to Kevin Smith it? <laughs> in, in Finance and credit card fraud? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, I've well, saved it, up a little that, bit of money right now. So is that the thing about Clerks? He, it was all financed on credit card uh, credit cards. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I, I think the thing is, is that I know a bunch of actors and a bunch of people since I'm in a film in that major. World. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know people that good. want experience for their reel. And like, if it looks good, which hopefully it will, because I know my cinematographer, he has his own like $4,000 camera and he knows exactly how to use it. And he's very chill to work with on set and knows exactly what he's doing. So I just need to find decent actors and, nice. you know, good a luck, sizable man. crew. That's, yeah. That's all. And so the idea, like, did this idea something you've had forever? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
I may have told this story last time I was on the show. I probably didn't. And I need to stop saying that because I'm sure I've said it like six times already. I, I, um, I always tell people, I was like, and the people listen to this episode, let's, there's probably not a lot of overlap to listen to the last right. one. And the, maybe the there is. Time, I have no clue. The next time that I come on the show, we should definitely just have this exact same conversation <laughs> See, word for word anyway, verbatim. Yeah, I don't get um, much feedback online, so I, I have no idea. Right. Someone tell us what you think. So, so I had uh, three or four features, feature films, like in their like fifth or sixth drafts, and an animated pilot that I had written um, last January, so like a year and a month ago now. And as I was moving everything over to my drive to back it up, my hard drive, my computer just like shit the bed and died, and it like corrupted my hard drive. The computer lost everything. Um, so all that I had after that was like a, a printed draft, like a first draft of one feature that I'd written that I would have to go in and retype the entire thing. And then the pilot for the animated thing. Damn. But yeah. Have you learned a lot at least? Cause <laughs> it, they always say you shouldn't write, make like write a movie, throw it away and then start. Over. Right. Well, well, because that was when it's not an optional thing, it's devastating for that yeah. to happen to you. Like that was when I started the podcast because I said, Fuck um, <laughs> yeah, I worked on this stuff so much hours and hours and days and weeks into this. And like, I wanted to try something new. And so I've barely written in the last year. I've written one thing and I've started on the script for this thing, um, which has been an idea I've had for a very long time. And it's scary. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. What's your writing process like? Do you just sit and write and force it? Do you like just black out time, I, or you wait for inspiration to hit you? I think about something for months and months. I know exactly what I'm going to do with it. I sit down and I write a hundred pages in four days, and then That's I impressive. do a second draft two weeks later when I can look at it with fresh eyes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I I fucking hate writing. I don't understand you writing to <laughs> right my least favorite thing in the world. Ugh. but no i think that's that's impressive i i'm i'm excited that's really cool i mean i know you're in film school but now it's like oh shit i gotta actually do it but yeah. you I mean you've you you've gotten some experience audio editing which is great and it's connections are you planning on moving to new york or la like do you do people need to do that anymore when you can really you have the technology here i think so um one of my professors that uh he was like a producer on Hard Candy, and which was a film with Ellen Page and uh, Patrick yeah, yeah. Wilson. Yeah, he he worked in Seattle for a really really long time with Vulcan, and so like he uh, was able to make that work out, I guess. And I guess that he worked in Canada too. Um, oh yeah, Vancouver's not how far? Are, what are you near Vancouver? Are you near, well, are you well, in that, Seattle? I'm kind of near Seattle, but it's kind of impossible because they don't hire Americans up there. So I'd have to work yeah. in like Seattle or something like that. But yeah. that's I, a good at this place point, to start. At this point, I don't know if that's what I want to do. Like, if I can make this work, the podcasting and the editing, yeah. I will do this for 20 years. I mean, this is exactly what I want to do. Just, like, talk every single day and try and be funny and try to be interesting. Sounds like a great life to me. Yeah, would like, but, like, you mean make money hosting? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, editing yeah. as well. Yeah, editing, I think. I mean, because, like, sound engineering and stuff. I mean, you, you're right. getting enough downloads, like, because you're not, I've, you've uh, said your numbers out loud. Um, like for cynical, like that's what ten thousand an episode is. You can get real sponsorship. Yeah, right. And, and um, I live in one of those four states where you can't do the Amazon or audiobooks uh thing. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard about this. What is this? You can't so do you, the affiliate program. You know the affiliate programs. Yeah, you like log into Amazon, use the code cynical cartoons, and you get a four percent kickback. Whatever people shop on. Right. Uh, four states don't allow that for whatever tax reasons, and the, I live in one of those states. That's so weird. 
I, yeah. I don't <laughs> understand why, but so I, I've heard that that whole that. thing is kind of a sham. Like people that know what they're doing don't do that, and they just wait it out until they can get a real sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you ever do you have con- have you ever like talked to Midroll? Because you actually have a show. They're like a, a, a I know I've met one of the guys who account manager there, um, and. They work with like the big shows connecting podcasts to advertisers. Yeah, but you're kind of getting to those numbers where you can really, they actually will talk to you. I I think that I have a while until I get to that point. But I yeah. mean, if if something very small wanted to sponsor the show, I'd definitely do that. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I'm, I've offered it to like Phil Morris, Exxon. I'm like I have no morals. I will right. sell the show to anybody. <laughs> like well, ISIS. What do you guys yeah, want? <laughs> well, right now the. <laughs> The the income is like once a week I'll edit a show and make like a hundred dollars per day that I edit on it, right? And That's awesome. Yeah, but like it's weird because like if I were to make fifty dollars on my own show from Patreon or something like that, that would be such a prouder moment than like I you know, made four hundred dollars a month working on this show. Yeah, but that's that's totally the artist prop dilemma, right? Like, yeah, you got to pay the bills, but you want to get paid for your craft, and like, you don't want to burn yourself out. So, like, any actor friend I've ever had or musicians always had a side gig. Like, well, even I, and- I have a friend who's a professional mo- actress and just does modeling work, and on the very right. very side to make the hustle is they do catering. Right. Well, Just, and you know, and also, I mean, the the editing for other people has worked out so well. I'm working on a show right now uh, called What's Trending. Um, it's it's a pretty popular YouTube channel, and they have a big online presence. But a few weeks ago, I actually edited a show with them where Bernie Burns and Gavin Free from Rooster Teeth were on um, promoting their new film Laser Team, and that was a that was such like a weird like cathartic surreal experience for me because rooster teeth was the first podcast that i ever listened to six years ago and i listened to every single episode twice and i haven't listened to them in a few years but like it it was weird to be a part of something that they're working on you know that's awesome have you ever asked them on your show i haven't but i feel like the the person who runs what's trending is really well connected and i'm maybe i should talk to her about getting you know somebody big on the show yeah yeah it's amazing Worst case scenario, when you ask someone on your podcast, you're most likely just going to be ignored, and that's yeah. okay. You know, yeah, that's, that's happened a lot for me too. Yeah, 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 me too. And then sometimes um, I'm recording with the singer Boy Sets Fire, which was like a band I fucking loved for a number of years, and I just did not. I expected to be ignored, and like, yeah, sure, love to. And I was <laughs> like, uh, you're on the Daredevil soundtrack, and I'd right. to bring that up because <laughs> that movie sucked. Oh, the movie Daredevil, not the yeah, not the, show. Not, not the show. The oh, Daredevil that's incredible. Movie. I love that because the music in that movie is just so like donga 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 donga. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a terrible movie, but yeah, that's awesome. And so you can like free at least, but you always have freelance editing as your side gig once you're like out there making movies and be like, ah, shit, I need to eat this week. I need an extra hundo. Well, so. I, I would love to be able to, I mean, if I lived in a place that I was more well-connected like LA or Seattle, I would love to be able to like produce people's shows, you know, where like they come into my studio, which is probably just like a really nice apartment with a nice setup. They record their show. I edit it and release it for them and I get paid however much, you know, yeah, that sounds God. like a great gig to me. I think I love doing this show so much that at some point I'm going to have to pay someone to do all that for me because that's the stuff when life gets too busy, I won't be able to do. Let me know, no. man. Hire yeah, me. Yeah, no, I, I don't worry. You're already in the back of my head. But I think that's, <laughs> I think podcasting is getting to that point where you can maybe, that the subgenre. So you're in a good position for an industry that's about to explode. Yeah. 
I think Unless that it um, bubble and burst, then we'll be like, "Fuck." <laughs> also, it's really interesting, like how you know communal everything is. Like a few weeks ago, I was going home for my birthday, and um, I had a show that I had to edit, and I basically just posted in the podcast Facebook Facebook group that we're in, like, "Hey, uh, I know this is kind of shitty, but I'm going to be out of town. Can somebody edit my show?" And it's like, oh, yeah, people I saw that, that. Have, and someone did. Yeah, it's like people that have never heard my show before. Uh, I posted a link to it and said, like, listen to an episode if you want to hear what it's like. It's I think it's enjoyable. You probably will enjoy editing it. And I sent this guy the audio and it's like there was like really, really big audio issues with the episode. But he was able to send me a really pristine sounding episode. That was Anomalisa, actually. And oh, like wow. you don't even notice. Yeah, you don't even notice that there was issues. And it's just such a cool thing that like everybody will help each other out because they know in the future I'll, you know, I'll have connections. That's that's it is. It's the nicest fucking people. Yeah. I, I love that's the thing I love about it. Everyone I talk to is just I've met has just been so nice. Like honestly, everyone's just been so fucking nice. Yeah. Like it's a really weird small community. It's a very it's very incestuous. I feel like we, well that group at least <laughs> we all know each other now. Right. In some facet. But like in a way too it's like you can almost get to anyone nowadays. You yeah, might I mean, not, but you could try. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I love to, you know, kick it back to people and have people on my podcast. Like, it's cool, a genuine experience to be able to have different people on every week. And it's cool to do shows in person with, like, friends from school. But I don't know any, like, comedian comedians in my town, you know. So, I mean, if anybody's out there and they want to, you know, check out Cynical Cartoons and maybe come on it, let me know at futurehorsepod at gmail.com. I, I would oh, love to have other podcasts hosts yeah. on sometime. In in person interviews are the best. I don't oh, man, do definitely. a ton of them anymore. Same thing because I just don't know everyone <laughs> I want to talk to lives far away, and I don't have a studio, so I don't want to have. I've done ones to people who live in Providence, but it's like I don't know you. Don't I don't want you to come to my house, right? And I think that that's. I mean, knowing a bunch of people that in a film program, everybody loves movies and I can know like who is good at talking about them. Yeah. Um, and I had a friend, I had two friends on for the episode that's coming out this week. We talked about butt ugly Martians, which is horrible. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. It's like a CG animated show from the early two thousands. But I took that opportunity to say, I want to sing on the show like every single week, but Skype lag prevents me from doing it. Let's do a freestyle rap. And we did it. It was great. (laughs) Uh, I, we did mention Silicon Valley like an hour ago. So maybe we definitely want to hit that on that. Are you watch and before sure. we wrap it up, um, you you watching Silicon Valley too? Is that the like, sequel? <laughs> season I mean, two, as I, two, like as well. Oh, right, as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I watched season one and two. I really loved it. Um, I'm excited for the next season, but I don't know when it's coming out. I know. I watched the preview and it was great because yeah. I love Mike Judd who made uh, Idiocracy, but more importantly, King of the Hill, possibly the most right. Beavis and Butthead, right? Oh yeah, that, that's probably what people. I, but King of the Hill for me is like maybe my favorite cartoon of all time. It's like if right. you gave me a top five shows, that's King of the Hill is on there. I I, I have this weird dilemma because in my mind, I I don't know if I like King of the Hill or The Simpsons more because like in quality, I love The Simpsons seasons two to nine more than anything in the entire world. But Good I seasons, love, yeah every season of king of the hill right so like and every oh man i love the realism of king of the hill which i know bob's burgers kind of reminds me of that but it's one of the same producers jim devtree or something so there's like that but um 
God, I just fucking love King of the Hill. But Silicon Valley, anyway. Um, those were I liked every actor on that. When I saw the previews, I was like, I love Tom Middles Middleditch. Right. Oh, Martin Starr, TJ Miller, Zach Woods. Like and I knew all really these people. Cool. It's really cool to see a Camille. bunch of people from like this community too, from podcasting. Camille yeah, Nanjiani all, and that's how TJ. I knew everyone. I was like, I listen right. to all of you guys on podcasts. <laughs> I've watched shows that you're all in. You're all part of that nerdist world. I would guess right. that's how I heard about them. But then branched if, out and whatever if you or anybody listening gets a chance and you like comedy bang bang the podcast um scott ackerman had i think it was three of them it was kumail and um thomas middleditch and martin Starr. it's just like one of the most fun like hours of listening i've ever heard like i want them to do kind of a sequel episode to it because i just like have probably listened to that episode five or six times like oh, if i God. if there's a good episode of a show i'll go back and listen to it again yeah me too if i have the time you know thomas middleditch on nerdist too fucking hilarious right oh my god he's such a funny dude and i love camille nanjiani Nan, i don't know how you say his name camille right. nanjiani nanjiani he's so and they're so and martin Starr's not a comedy guy right he's well i guess well, he's been well, in comedy but he's he kind of is yeah well he's an he's, actor i i think that he's a comedian i think that he's a very 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 straight straight man like he's he's kind of the adam scotty uh yes that's fair. very very bland he like, doesn't i think perform. he's a funny guy yeah he doesn't perform stand-up or sketch like the rest of them but he is right in but he is very funny but he does his his role is perfect um it's it's the same role he's been playing for his entire career i think so, he was the same on freaks and geeks and the same yep. in uh knocked up and like everything he's ever been in, it's incredible. I like to pretend that everyone from Freaks and Geeks is that character from their movie. So I'm like, wow, he he became a computer programmer, but of course he's Canadian, <laughs> so it can't work. But I just right. want to try. I just want it to be true. But yeah, man, Silicon. I God, I watched those episodes. I watched both seasons twice, back to back. I watched one and two, and then oh, in a few months, I watched one and two again. And I love that all season one leads up to the big dick joke that is actually mathematically sound. Like there's a, right. someone did like a dissertation on it. Right. <laughs> just just because. <laughs> oh Speaking God. of TJ Miller, Cloverfield, I'm, I'm only on this podcast to promote Cloverfield. He's in Cloverfield, too? He's in the first one. Yeah, he's the guy behind oh, the camera. Oh, that was TJ Miller. Yeah, he's HUD. He's talking the entire movie. Oh, he's well, great. He's also in Deadpool. And Yogi Bear. And Transformers. <laughs> oh god yeah he was in transformers 4, yeah wasn't he? and yogi bear yeah um anytime he's been on you made it weird pete holmes go back and listen you'll be surprised of how smart that guy is and really pete holmes or tj tj he's right. well, pete holmes is smart too but tj is like super into like nietzsche and he's like a nihilist and like hmm. super serious and like takes comedy so serious it almost takes the fun out of it to listen to but fascinates me <laughs> He's a brilliant, brilliant man, and I he he's fucking he's he had like a brain aneurysm or some shit or had brain yeah on, on Yogi Bear he had like some Yogi crazy all mental breakdown yeah well because you're working with a fake thing you're working against a cartoon character the entire time on set yeah and and you know what's really weird and really connecting everything back we've just like made all these connections in the last few minutes TJ was Tom Cavanaugh oh um, yeah Harrison Wells is the star of Yogi Bear kind of no he's in that. Yeah, he's the park ranger. Because I, it's you say that like I saw a Yogi Bear movie, <laughs> right? Like, we it's, all did. It's so it's so weird to follow that guy's career because like he had yes. he made some of the worst movies ever. He made like this like brain freeze one where he plays Santa or something on ABC Family. ABC Family, yeah. 
And it's so interesting that like this guy who was like the weird brother in Scrubs, Scrubs. or like played a bowling lawyer or whatever is now Ed. like yeah, exactly, Ed. He's he's now like this guy that I get excited to see in stuff. At like 50 something years old, his career has finally taken off kind of, but he's only 50? for a small group of people. Yeah. Good for him. He, he looks good. Yeah, he's like the same age as George Clooney and he just looks fucking great. Oh, I love his uh, character on Scrubs. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Scrubs, big time. I still watch episodes of that all the time. And do you ever go to Split Slider? Split Cider? I go there a lot. There was someone just did a. There's a series about um, they take a different sitcom each week and break it down. That does a bottle episode, and they just did one about Scrubs. Oh, that's cool. Oh, oh no, it wasn't a bottle episode about Scrubs. It was about um. I forgot what it was. It was someone reviewing the My Life in Four Camera episodes, the meta-ness of it, but it was fucking huh. brilliant. It's a, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's, it was amazing. Yeah. Maybe go back and watch that My Life in Four Cameras episode with the Cheers writer, and then yeah. it turns into like straight sitcom. I, I haven't seen a lot of Scrubs because I had a, a roommate a couple of years ago who really, really loved it, and I kind of would just like watch a little bit. And, and no, no, it was the guy was pretty cool. It, it seemed like... Um, it was a very standard sitcom and not like something that I'd be into, but maybe it's something that has to kind of grow on you, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a sitcom, but it wasn't because it had like some fantasy element and like a lot of fourth right. wall breaking. And it, it seems like community before community happened. Yeah, I think oh, it's funny you say that because I think two of the producers of community are from Scrubs. Um, Fat that would Neil make a lot of sense. And uh, Fat Neil and Garrett are... The actors really? in the show are actually producers, and they were from Scrubs. Wait, I had no idea. I thought that uh, yeah. the guy that plays Garrett was like an extra that they just thought looked goofy no, enough he's, that uh, they gave him lines. I think his name is Garrett Donovan. Um, I wow. I, I could I could Google this, but this is what right. I think I've gathered from watching Community season one commentary. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're producers, and whenever because I recognize their names from whenever I watch Scrubs uh, uh, reruns, Garrett Donovan and Neil Goldman. I think it is. It no, no, no. That's not Neil Goldman though. I think that those are actors that are named after the producers of the show. I'm gonna have to Google this. Definitely, because I think that did I say? <laughs> Yeah, because the guy that played Fat Neil is now on like some weird like crime scene shitty cyber hacker show. So I feel like he, yeah, but if you he know, was like, producing um, stuff, he wouldn't be doing that. But even like uh, Phyllis from The Office was uh, just a right, and Creed Bratton too. Yeah, she was a casting director. Hmm. Uh, he's on Community. I I'm just looking at IMDb. Right. Um, and maybe um, what if I'm right? That would be way better. <laughs> I, I hope you're right because like I followed Community obsessively for a very yeah, long too. time uh, and I watched I, all of them I think that it's weird because I've only seen season 6 one time which, yeah it's not good well it's it's fine I, I, can't find I really enjoyed on, it while uh, it was airing IMDBB oh, yeah I take it back guys I take it back <laughs> well, I think there's some Scrubs connection anyway I, I it was okay but the first three Community seasons are just the best yeah man definitely I, I liked season five less than I liked season six, though. I mean, when it came around, I was happy to have more community. But, like, when season six ended, they started talking about, like, yeah, we're not going to do another season. The movie might not happen. Let's all just move on with our lives. We got enough of it. And I was like, oh, no. <sighs> I know. Because <laughs> I think that it started airing the year that I started. No, that can't be true. But, like, it started airing or I started watching it when I was in community college. And then now I'm getting to my last year of college. And, like, oh, yeah. It seems like it, it just kind of followed along with me. It was nice. 
and that show is so fucking weird in the right yeah. way. And it was always up against the Big Bang Theory, and I mean, which I'd never watched, and probably because of that. And I was right. like, I'm watching the real thing, and just oh my god, I don't know. Um, before we sign off, I want to ask yeah. you about Fuller House. Are you going to watch it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Me neither. And I is that all I have to say? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I want to love it, but, but really? I I liked Full House as a kid. But then I was yeah. like, hey, it wasn't that good, <laughs> just because I was young. I, I watched it as a kid. I don't think that I liked it as a kid. And I watched yeah. like a clip recently, and I was like, this is the hackiest. I I do not like one second of this. This is not fun for me. <laughs> yeah, EW gave it a scathing review, which I respect. Of the original or of the, of the new... new one? They're like, they okay. just didn't even try. Like, they didn't even try. <laughs> well, and, and it seems like it's, it's, like we were saying earlier, like rebooting, it actually tries to capture what the original show was like unapologetically this is exactly like the original and i think that the one thing that i've seen do that really really well was um the star Ash vs evil dead oh, oh okay yeah. <laughs> ash versus evil dead was really fun because it's just like this is exactly what that, the, those movies were the uh mo- mainly army of darkness for you know eight hours it was really really good yeah i had a a guest on here that one of those lost episodes and he wrote one of those and I was like, Oh, that would have been so cool. Uh, on lost. Uh, not, uh, uh, Ashley evil dead. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, he writes for the grind. He's, um, Sean from Hollywood handbook, but he writes for the grinder. I think we talked about this when you were on my podcast, dude. I'm still sad about it. I listened to Hollywood handbook like every single day. Oh yeah. That is a huge, huge get. Um I know, wait. and the reason it happened is because uh I'm sure I've talked about this is like my white whale for anyone listening. Yeah, our moms yeah. are for our moms work together in Connecticut. It's, it's funny, I, I told that story to my mom after I had you on my show and you told me about that. I was like, Do you know like anyone Tom Hanks' mom or something? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that was weird to me. I was like, wait, I was like, Oh, I guess he's from Connecticut. That makes sense. But like LA yeah. is so far away. I don't know. It. Oh. He's actually going to come back. We, we're, we're talking. Just him's getting busy, busy. But I, was I, like, oh. I, I don't know if you want to cut this after after I say it. I don't know like how in depth you get on like podcast insider stuff. Oh, I, I love it. When if he comes back, please, please, please ask him if he'll come on my show because, dude, I yeah. would be so so happy if that happened. I'll just I would, have like you, freak I'll, out. Yeah, absolutely. When it it might it, give it a year, but it will happen if it happens again for sure. Yeah, because he's been on comedy bang bang, which I fucking love. Dude, Hollywood Handbook, like I was just saying, is like one of the funniest. So funny. It it takes so much to get into. You don't get it at first, but like when it clicks, it's just the best thing in the world. It was weird because when I talked to him, we were talking about how it's a small show, and in my head, I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, your show's fucking huge. But 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 at the time, it was not. probably the smallest show on that network. And it probably um, still is. <laughs> no, I I think that they've actually boosted up their numbers lately. They're doing really well. But like at the time, they were really struggling, and they almost got canceled, which is weird to say about a podcast. And then yeah. they they like did this big push because Scott Ackerman loved their show so much, and it just worked out in the end. I guess it was right on the time they just went on Comedy Game Bang at this this time when we recorded it. And right. how did it happen? Because it started as a reality TV show. Yeah, it was oh, the reality. Show. No, How it, it was TV the podcast. reality show show, and they talked about reality shows, and then they decided to just kind of like do their weird characters, where they played like weird dickish Hollywood insiders for an entire show. And it's just, dude, it's so funny. 
And oh my god, it was so nuts because it was like hearing him. He's like friends with Donald Glover and DC Pierce and all these people I just fucking love. Right. And Derek Dominic. So I was like, oh. I was like, so I do this thing. I was like, I have a guest on and they know someone else. So I can be like, well, I guess I could write to that person and be like, hey, love to have you on. I've had so and so. And I don't know if it means anything, but in my head it does. Um, I mean, I mean, we've, I think I've probably told you about this before, but I almost had Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon on from uh, the creators of Rick and Morty and Dan Harmon Creative Community. And I was like in talks with Justin Roiland's um, like personal assistant to like get him on as the last episode was airing in season two. And it just didn't work out like he was too busy that week or or he told me to fuck off or whatever. I don't remember what happened, but um, I want to make it happen. But it's like it's the next season airs like a year from now. So that's way, way do it anyway. Just do it. Yeah, I don't know. Just do it. I, I would love to just talk to him, but I would think if he came on, he would want to promote what's happening with the show. You yeah, know? but that's what podcast is a good format. It could be like, come yeah. on, talk maybe, for maybe an hour. Maybe I could get like about... a sclusi. I could get like a scoop on the next yeah. season. I, I <laughs> know this one person. I don't know him very well, but they have this podcast called uh, the Lost at Home podcast. They had Dan Harmon on, and he accidentally yeah. leaked that uh, that the Rick and Morty was come back for another season on their show. Nice. I, I've actually talked to them about coming on the podcast. It's probably oh, nice. happen in the yeah. next month sometime. Talked to one of them once that we were on a guest in the show together. That shows that talk about dudes who had their shit together. Yeah, definitely, dude. <laughs> I stole their Star Wars guests straight, straight up. Like I just saw them talking to her on Twitter <laughs> and then I followed right. her. And then we messaged each other. So thanks guys for that. But, um, oh, what time is it? I have to be 830. We'll yeah, man, we late. can wrap up. Yeah, it makes it sound like I have somewhere awesome to be, and it's like 11, but it's like, it's 8.30. I'm just going right. to watch West Wing reruns. <laughs> uh, where can people find you online and all of your wonderfulness? Uh, my shows are the Adam Sandcast, which is just wrapping up uh, whenever that happens. The Cynical Cartoons podcast. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Future Horse Pod. Definitely, actually, you know, I don't host it or really have that much to do with it, but listen to what's trending. Like, they're... Um, it's iffy sometimes because they're talking like Twitter and Vine stars. So like, who knows sometimes how interesting those people are, but like they had, uh, you know, Bernie Burns and Gavin free on, that was a great episode. And the episode that they just released, uh, was really, really funny. And I was just like cracking up the entire time editing it. I don't know what happened, but it was just like the funniest. I don't know. I don't remember who was the guest on that one. Um, yeah. (laughs) And check out your show too. (laughs) Yeah. Cynical cartoons and the Adam Sandcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, and I'll toss this up on Monday, and uh, have a good rest of your evening. Yep, you too.